isn't common sense supposed to be common? The struggle is real, my friends. The Kate Daly Show starts now. are here. So head to Macy's for unbeatable deals on a winter wardrobe for the whole family. Men's blazers starting at $49.99. Cashmere tops for her from $79.99. And for your little ones, Macy's has the festive fashions that'll have them saying, It's too fun! It's Tis the season for wrestling your wiggly little monster into thick winter clothes. So all month long, taking 25% off boys' merino wool sweaters that won't fit over his head. If you stop squirming, it would be on already. And for your little girl, it's half off all hard, shiny shoes that hurt. The weather outside may be frightful, but in Macy's, we've got kids' jackets so big and thick, they won't fit in their car seat anymore. And save an extra 10% on snow boots that are so hard to put on, it'll strain your marriage. Sorry. You need to put her foot in sideways and twist it. Well, if you can do it, then do it! Plus, everyday savings on mittens they'll lose, shirts with the wrong frozen princess. Sweaters that make them hot, flannels that make them hot. We know it's awful for them and for you, but one day they'll be too old to wear cute little clothes like this and you'll miss it. So suck it up and get down to Macy's. The clothes they'll hate create the memories you'll love. Welcome, Kate Daly Show on a Friday. I I still love that uh, Saturday Night Live commercial because it speaks to the reality of sometimes this month, yet, yet not really the reality of what we're celebrating. So I'm going to give you a big contrast right now. And in the show today, I have uh, Daryl Eves calling in um, about the new Chosen Christmas. I have some history for you. I also, I I hope that you find today's show inspiring and I have a lot of stuff to cover. So, and I do want your calls too. So the phone lines will be open and I want you to be thinking about the best gift you've ever received. Okay. Um, for Christmas, because I think a lot of people are kind of at a loss for what to get. And you see a lot of people on Facebook and social media talking about what do I get? I don't know what to buy everybody. And, and you know, yada, yada, yada. And that is one of the realities of Christmas. So what I'm saying is, If you want to call in with the best gift you've ever received, we'll take those calls too. I'll take those calls too. Um, So, uh, okay, let's, well, let's start here. I'm going to give you a big contrast of of Christmas. And this is the, this is what I, I grew up listening to. This was the Peanuts Christmas, and it really goes back to the meaning. So I give you the Saturday Night Live reality version for a lot of parents find themselves saying those same things or in that situation. I totally get it. Um, but it's kind of what we've turned Christmas into. But I do want to talk about the meaning of Christmas and really the birth that changed the world. And I also want to give you some history about what we used to do on Christmas. Really fascinating history. I don't think I've ever covered on the show before in 13 years. Can you believe it? So here is the Peanuts Christmas, which I absolutely love. Here you go. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. 
For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Do they still play that? I don't know if they do or not. I sure hope they do. I have a feeling it's probably kind of waned, hasn't it? And it's so sad because I thought it was the cutest depiction um, ever. But I know you all remember It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I don't know if you, so you remember this clip. Here we go. That's a Christmas present from a very dear friend of mine. I love it. Don't you love that? Doesn't it bring back a lot of fond memories for you? Okay. So I don't know if you knew this about that movie. Here we go. During the memorable scene where George Bailey prays in the bar, he suddenly starts to cry. The crying wasn't in the original script, nor was the actor told to cry by the film's director. In fact, Jimmy Stewart only had recently returned home from World War II and was so overcome with emotion during the scene that he simply started crying for real. Oh, I love that. Don't you love that? Most people don't realize that. And, uh, you know, um, I just have to say, I we were talking about World War II yesterday, and there are so many tender memories to that. I spoke to my dear friend, uh, Don Fotheringham, who wrote The President Makers. It's like a must read for this show. If you want to know why we have some of the views we do go back to the president makers by Don Fotheringham and order that book. Okay. It's on Amazon. You can get it. And I'm telling you, it'll, it'll explain a lot. And he served in world war II, and he's one of the last, you know, he's 96 years old and still going strong and he'll be coming on the show. We'll be talking about a myriad of things, but hopefully next week. But, um, I'll tell you what, uh, just because we were talking about that yesterday, I, I kind of wanted to to cover that a little bit as far as World War World War Two and and his thoughts and feelings uh, when he, Jimmy Stewart when he came home from that very very fascinating. So let me let me talk for a moment just about the birth that changed the world because I think if there was any book if there was any birth that had more impact on us as human beings that had um, that had more just. Uh, sound goodness to it that had more of everything. I mean, I I could go on and on, right? It would be the birth of Christ. It would be the Bible. It has affected more lives. It has affected more change. It has affected more goodness than anything. And of course, in the 1946 film, can you believe it's 1946? Um, It's a wonderful life. You know, God sends an angel named Clarence to earth to show George Bailey, uh, played by Jimmy Stewart, what life would be like if he had never been born. And the moral of the movie is really about the fact that each person's life, no matter who you are, I don't care, whoever's listening to this, your life has changed the world. Because without it, I mean, so many things have happened. So many people that you've come in contact with, so many of your loved ones whose lives would have been inherently changed had you not been born. Okay. You're very important. 
And so this is a way to talk about really how to influence many other lives for good in a way. So every birth changes the world in which he lives because things are different. No matter whether you think you've had impact or not, no matter what you think of your life or not, it has absolutely changed the life of others. That's pretty amazing to think about that. And so then, of course, you have Christ who in, whose birth we're talking about. And I say, I say this show and I talk about these things with no apology. If it's Christmas and we can't talk about the birth of Christ, then why have it? Why celebrate it? It's almost as if, yeah, okay, you can, you can, you, you can say Christmas and, and you can uh, get away from the whole Santa thing and you can, talk, you, you can celebrate Christ's birth, but we don't mention it. It's like the elephant in the room now in our culture, which is very wrong. It's very wrong. I don't know why or how we came to that place other than self-censorship. I think that's truly the reason. But George Bancroft said, I find the name of, of Jesus Christ written on top of every page of modern history. Very true. And really on the page, every page of history. And if you notice, it's BC, right? It's before Christ or after Christ. That's a pretty substantial being. That's a pretty substantial birth. Okay. And so we don't know the exact date of, of Christ's birth in, in some ways, right? Um, it's, we, we celebrate it in December, but um, of course, B.C. Are for, is for uh, before Christ. And then, of course, uh, A.D. means in the year of our Lord. So very, very, very substantial. And I love that because I think it really kind of it really kind of speaks to the, the importance, the overall importance of every page of history. Okay. Every page of history. It's either before his birth or in the year of the Lord. So I think pretty much it'd be hard not to talk about this at Christmas time. It is about him, you know, and what would it be like had, um, Christ never been born, right? Christ restored value to human life. So Christians in Rome rescued abandoned babies. Why? Because their master said, let the little children come to me. Okay. So there are so many different things that have come from the knowledge, the knowledge of Christ, which is really, really amazing to me. Wilbur, uh, William Wilbur, um, forced labor 25 years, uh, 25, I'm sorry, 45 years to abolish slavery in England. And Jesus and his followers have done more to reduce poverty and suffering more than anyone else in history. His parable to the Good Samaritan influenced many people along the way, even General William Booth. And today there are Christian rescue missions in every major city. Christians and churches give more than $19 billion a year to the needy. And many of the world's languages were set to a writing by Christian missionaries. And of course, uh, the McGuffey Reader, written by a Presbyterian minister, was the backbone of American education for 75 years. So many things. So many early U.S. colleges and universities. Now, I know they've been taken over. They were started by Christian people for Christian purposes in the very, very beginning. Isn't that amazing? Do we ever really think about that? I don't know if we do, but we should, because it's that vital to the understanding of what we're actually celebrating, right? And if Christ could save Saul, right, he can save anyone, 
And of course, uh, the roll call, former prisoners, prostitutes, abortionists, alcoholics, drug addicts, bank robbers, murderers, communists, atheists, skeptics, criminals, gang leaders, and those that have come to know Christ, lives completely changed. Can you name anyone in history that has had that kind of effect? Of course not, because he changed everything with the atonement, of course. So in today's show, I want to I share with you just a little bit of history, a little bit of how we used to celebrate it, and uh, I'll bring in some clips too, but there's so much to talk about in this, and I'm not going to be able to cover it, so we'll be covering it a little bit each day, I'm sure, but... You know, there's nothing more happy than to talk about the good news of Christ being born. And in this month of December, I can't think of a better time to talk about this event, this major, major event that changed all of us through and through. Be right back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Stay with me. Merry Christmas, everybody. Did you know that December is a great time to text Birch Gold? Uh, 989898 is the phone number, and you can text my name, Kate. And let me just tell you, they're giving you free silver eagles when you do this. When you transfer everything over your IRAs and your uh, retirement to gold-backed. So really what you're doing is taking an extra step to um, enforce it's availability in the future, if you will, in making sure that everything is in, you know, concrete, right? As far as that goes. And this is a great time to do it. So for every $5,000 uh, you purchase, it's basically you're moving everything over for free. Um, and in a 401k tax sheltered IRA in gold, uh, you're going to get a free Eagle up until December uh, 22nd. So please make sure and do that. Look, these are the guys I trust. I'm not going to give you a company that I don't trust. I trust Birch Gold. Ron Paul trusts Birch Gold. He talks about him incessantly because he loves what they do. And he uses his own resources with Birch Gold. So what I'm telling you is, look, this is a great company that you can trust. They're doing a great service for you. And they're also giving you free uh, free Silver Eagle coins um, when you do this and... It might not cost you a dime, which is even better. And if you're wondering whether you should do it or not, why would you, you back up your computer? Why would you not back up everything that you've got out there, right? I know you're worried about it because of digital currency coming in. So take that step. My gosh, at least get the free information. Just at least do me that. Get the free information. Text 989898. That's the phone number. And text my name, Kate. So easy. It'll take you two seconds. Please do that. And then at least I know you've got the free information. This is the Kate Daly Show. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars nearby. Love this, don't you? Little Elvis yeah. for you. And a little town of Bethlehem. If you don't know the story behind that, it's kind of sweet. Um, in fact, uh, let me give you that. It's uh, Philip Brooks. He was a rising young preacher, an abolitionist, and he asked to give the funeral address for President Abraham Lincoln. He must have been daunted by the task and, of course, uh, sure that his eloquent eulogy would be the most famous lines he would ever pen. But he was wrong. Uh, shortly afterward, exhausted from years of war, 
longing for some rest. He took a sabbatical from preaching to visit the Holy Land, right? And um, hoping to find some peace. And he was, as he visited um, Bethlehem and looked out at the landscape at night, the lines for the poem jumped in his mind, O little town of Bethlehem, still how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep, a silent star goes by. And several years later, he came back to the poem and then completed it. His organist, Louis Redner, added the music and the first it was first performed by a children's choir at his church. And then very quickly, the verse was included in hymnals as a seasonal favorite. And uh, with uh, but one child who wasn't born yet would find special meaning in Brooks song. Helen Keller, the famous educator who was born deaf and blind, met Brooks years later. And he was the one who explained the gospel to her for the first time. And through her teacher and translator, Ann Sullivan, she told Brooks, I've always known there was a God. But until now, I've never known his name. And the third carol, uh, the third verse of the carol was written years before Brooks had met Keller, captures perfectly sort of this this joy of the song, of, of the salvation of the song, right? And uh, arriving to a, a deaf and blind child whose ears could not hear his coming, right? But whose heart had long recognized the presence. How here's the verse, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts, the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. It's really sweet, isn't it? I love it. I love that. A lot of people, um, it's kind of hard to understand some of the meanings and some of the backdrops of these songs, but I think they give it so much more meaning, don't they? I mean, I think when I'm, when I'm hearing these songs, it's like, uh, go tell it on the mountain, go tell it on the mountain. This was um, the original author and lyricist um, was actually a black man, an enslaved black man. And the call and the response of this this praise song really is go tell it on the mountain. Um, It was uh, it basically came about. And in 1907, John Wesley Work Jr. compiled and edited a number of songs, including this one in a song book, uh, Jubilee Songs and Folk Songs. Right. And the song was popularized decades before that. The original Fisk Jubilee Singers yeah, started out in 1871. A brave little band of young people uh, led by George White, and many of them were former slaves, and their mission was to raise money for their struggling university through a singing tour. And so they began performing this song. And when money when money ran out, they had to skimp to get coats to protect themselves, right? And uh, they were met with threats and hostility. But they kept singing and kept going. And uh, I love stories like this. And they had run out of funds when the most famous preacher of the day, Henry Ward Beecher, invited them to his church. And they began to sing the songs, uh, this one in particular, Go Tell It on the Mountain, that they had learned from their parents. And, uh, and then, of course, donations started flowing in when they started singing at that particular church. It was, it was pretty amazing. And even uh, Queen Victoria herself, and they did a tour of England and became uh, more and more popular. So go tell it on the mountain, the history of that. I love that. And also, I think when we're looking back at history, uh, Washington Irving and St. Uh, Nicholas, Washington Irving and cartoonist Thomas Nast were responsible for the character that we identify with today as Santa Claus. 
Christmas trees were popularized by Queen Victoria, whom I just mentioned, and her husband, Prince Albert. Uh, they put them in their house, and then all of a sudden, the elite started putting them in their houses, and then, of course, everybody started putting them in their houses. And uh, author uh, Charles Dickens helped to establish a tradition of generosity at Christmas and uh, and giving, but... I do find all of these things kind of interesting. The visit from St. Nicholas or the night before Christmas. It's author Clement Clark Moore, a professor uh, who who basically started writing about the St. Nicholas traditions and things like that. The only hard part for me is to see Santa Claus shadow out um, (laughs) the birth of Christ, which I really do hope we bring the birth of Christ back to the birth of Christ and make Santa Claus a very, very tiny figure among them. Be right back. Hey, Merry Christmas, you guys. It's really important that we take care of ourselves for our sake and the sake of our family, taking balance of nature. I just feel better. I'm active. My wife and I go to the gym seven days a week. If the weather's nice like a day like this, I ride my bike. I've been taking balance of nature for the past 20 years. I won't give it up. I take balance of nature because it makes me feel great. I really thought that they paid people to say that stuff. And then I tried it. I was surprised. Balance of nature really was the game changer. I'm serious. It works. Celebrate Christmas with us. Go to balanceofnature.com and sign up as a new preferred customer to get 35% off your first order, plus a free fiber and spice supplement. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this exclusive holiday offer by using discount code. This is the Kate Daly Show. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Welcome back, Kate Daly Show. Text Birch, 989898. Please get some good advice. It's free. Text my name, Kate. You're sitting there with your phone right now. Just text 989898, okay? And text my name, Kate. You'll get some wonderful advice on what to do to just make sure everything is shored up in your life financially. And just make sure that you can do everything you can do, no matter what they do. (laughs) You've done everything. You've improved your immune system with balanceofnature.com. Code word is Kate. You've improved your money situation. You've improved. You, you're diversifying. You're getting silver and gold. You're doing all these things. And it's so important to do everything we can do right now while we can do it. And really, really strongly advise you to get healthy and get secure and make sure you have prepping things for whatever comes our way. Go to preparewithkate.com to do that. They have wonderful deals right now because people tend not to get stuff during this time. And so they have the most amazing deals for food prep and for um, just prepping in general at preparewithkate.com. Okay. The best on the internet. And, uh, and then of course, balanceofnature.com. That's the product I use uh, to get my immune system back and get it healthy. And I've been doing that for five years and I love it. And of course, Birch Gold is the place I go for gold and silver. So um, I mean, this is terrific advice. Please text 989898. Text my name, Kate. 
Um, so Silent Night, the most recorded carol of all time, it happens to be one of my favorite songs uh, for Christmas, if not my most favorite, because I know I play guitar. I used to be a guitar teacher. And let me just tell you, um, that was the song I love to play at Christmas time because it's a guitar song. It was actually, it came out of a tiny village in Austria by Franz Xaver Gruber and of course, Joseph Moore. And these guys wrote this simple song uh, for Christmas because the organ had been damaged by flooding in this church in Austria. And then it was performed with a guitar. It was later performed by traveling folk singers spreading it around the world. And if you have not heard the story of this, here is a quick four-minute story. And after we talked about yesterday with uh, Pearl Harbor, this goes back to World War One, And it's an amazing story of that song. Here you go. On Christmas Eve, 1914... Temperatures drop below freezing on the Western Front. In some places, it began snowing, obscuring the moon. Then all across the German lines, lights began to appear. At first, the British thought the Germans were preparing to attack. Instead of rifle fire, sounds of singing drifted across no man's land. The Germans would be heard singing Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. And the British would respond with a, a British Christmas carol. In some places, uh, food was lobbed over into the opposing trenches. In one or two instances, the Germans erected Christmas trees. And there was a kind of mutual curiosity, um, certainly instances of soldiers applauding each other's singing. The curiosity led to something never again repeated on the battlefield. In one or two places on Christmas Day itself, the first curious, slightly headstrong people, perhaps from both sides, poked their head above the trenches and being made aware that somebody over the other side wasn't going to shoot it off, then clambered cautiously out. One of the first to take part was Captain Charles Stockwell. I ran out into the trench and found that the Saxons were shouting, don't shoot. We don't want to fight today. We will send you some beer. A German officer appeared and walked out into the middle of no man's land. So I moved out to meet him amidst the cheers of both sides. We met and formally saluted. He introduced himself as Count something or other and seemed a very decent fellow. By now, these soldiers knew that the war was going to last a long time and that many of them would not survive. The unofficial truce was a chance to bury the dead. At one funeral in no man's land, soldiers from both sides gathered to honor the fallen by reading the 23rd Psalm. is my shepherd, 
I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Christmas truce was the last twitch of the 19th century. By that I mean it was the last public moment in which it was assumed that people were nice. It was the last gesture that human beings are getting better the longer the human race goes on. December the 26th. At 8.30, I fired three shots in the air and put up a flag with Merry Christmas on it. The Germans put up a sheet with thank you on it. And the German captain appeared on the parapet. We both bowed and saluted. He fired two shots in the air. And the war was on again. Amazing. And it's amazing that Christmas, which is the birth of Christ, could make people come together. And I disagree with the gentleman that said it was the last public display of niceness. No, there have been many others since, and there will be many others in the future. There'll always be people striving to do good. There'll always be people that are there to, to make good choices and all influenced, I think, all influenced by God. So... I don't agree with that because I think that, yes, this was a particular moment where you could visually see. I mean, it could even stop a war in that moment. So that's pretty powerful. But it doesn't mean that's the only time that ever happened or will happen again. I saw the movie uh, The Shift last night, and um, it was an interesting movie. And it was just about people that, that keep pursuing faith and good choices and 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 it was um it was an interesting movie i thought it was well done it was done by angel studios uh daryl's gonna come on who daryl eves who did uh, the chosen one of the uh, original creators of the chosen and uh they have a christmas special coming out and he'll be coming on but let me just say that there it's such a powerful thing it's so powerful that it can't be denied right and so that's why that's why even giving these messages today is so important because we're, we are self-censoring too much. We're, we're doing too much in that way, and we need to be more vocal. We need to be more heard about Christmas and about how amazing it is. And enough with the elf on the shelf and Santa. <laughs> and enough with happy holidays. No, it's Merry Christmas. That's what it is. So refrain from all the other junk and let's talk about Christmas, shall we? I love Christmas. Be right back. Hey, Dally Show. Hey, Kate. 
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and in light of the recent events, your continued support means everything to myself and my employees. To thank you for having the biggest sale ever on all my pillow bedding. Get my pillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98. In this economy, instead of buying a new bed, rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles, like plush, waffle, or gossamer, for as low as $29.98. We even have pet blankets from small size to the ones for your car. Get huge discounts on duvets, quilts, down comforters, and so much more. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding, including MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping in while quantities last. Please order now. Make sure and use the promo code KATE, K-A-T-E, and get those savings and help Truth in Radio. Thanks, you guys. This is the Kate Daly Show. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. And mild and sweet their songs repeat. Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Ah, beautiful. Casting crowns, I love it. It's gorgeous. I've been listening to music from uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, Casting Crowns, Chris Tomlin, Lauren Tegel. I mean, there's so many great artists, aren't there? And uh, so many people that were born to to provide music, I swear. And I love it. Uh, please visit my wonderful sponsors. They keep me on the air. And at a time when it's very tough to hear from media that is not bought and sold, and I happen to be part of the smaller than 1% of that media in the country right now. Um, we could uh, use all the donations we can get, and you can send those to katedallyradio.com. Go, just go to katedallyradio.com and find out how to support truth in media. Once we lose truth in media, the very, very small percentage we have left, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And I feel censored and know I'm censored, not just feel it, um, right now. Um, considerably. And let me just tell you, it's a tough, tough, tough thing. Um, because I so badly want to be able to talk about the truth and, um, the States are suffering. We're suffering out there. Lots of things to talk about. I'm going to shelve for Monday that I would love to mention right now, but I wanted to keep this message because right now we need to, I think, get into that Christmas spirit and kind of understand what we're doing with Christmas. And I think it's so important. And I was looking back at during Thanksgiving, I put on a um, podcast about letters from an American farmer. And if I could just share with you real quick, because I've been seeing all of these movies, all of these messages about women and about how terrible women were treated. And now they've now they're powerful. And I know this doesn't have a lot to do with Christmas, but it does have a lot to do with where we're at in society right now. And can I, can I read to you from um, the late 1700s what, how this man who was writing these letters, letter from an American farmer, shares what an, Amer- what an American is and what it meant to be that back in the time. And you have to go to boots on the ground during that time to realize what history was like. Because I'll talk a little bit about Christmas at this time, too. 
But he said, since he is, however, at many removes from the sophistications of London and Paris, he is moved not only by the fond behavior of a lapdog or by the little arrangements carters make with the bridles of their, of, <laughs> I can't really say that on the air, but uh, by such matters he finds at home. And this is a quote. And this was during this time in the, in the 1700s, okay? And he says, when I contemplate my wife by my fireside, whether she either spins, knits, darn, darns, or suckles our child, I cannot describe the, very, the various emotions of love, of gratitude, or conscious pride, which fill which thrill in my heart and often overflow into voluntary tears. And he said, it is always, he said, I never return home without feeling some pleasant emotion when I look upon my wife. And I I keep seeing all these movies about, about how, how women are treated so terribly and how now they're not and how they're superpowers now and, and, and how international women's day has sparked all these movies. And I saw an ad for a movie like that. And I thought, do we really understand history? Do we really understand how revered Mary was by Joseph? Do we really understand how people viewed their wives at the time? Cause it isn't, it isn't what they're depicting right now. And that is a message that we need to get to our youth because they're told so many lies about that. So many songs have been written about Mary, so many different things about Mary and about um, the mother of Christ. Joseph loved and revered Mary. Many did. And, And it's so interesting to me how we can repaint history as if none of that ever happened and women were just cattle, you know, and that we've had to, you know, stake a claim of some sort, you know, to, to be looked at and seen. I mean, give me a break. Give me a break. The way that he describes his wife in the late 1700s. Are you kidding? Talk about revered. Um, Christmas in the old West, by the way, just beyond the late 1700s into the 1800s, they, they, you know, obviously had totally different clothing to try to brave winter, totally different. They didn't really have any insulation. They did. They, they had to brave a winter. We don't have to brave a winter. We have heat, <laughs> but they did at the, at the time and, uh, mostly relying on their, on their, the hearth and the fireplace. But to the pioneers and to all the people that were coming out West. And I'll tell you what, if women weren't revered by their, by their husbands, I don't think society would have ever made it as far as it did to today. Um, but you know, even on the, even on the, the pioneer front, you could hear caroling at different outposts. You would have smelled the smell of venison roasting over an open, open hearth. Um, and, they looked forward 
to celebrating Christmas in the most meager way. You all remember Laura Ingalls Wilder, right? And the preparations of a, of a Kansas Prairie uh, Christmas. And she said, you know, Ma was busy all day long cooking good things for Christmas, salt rising bread and engine bread, Swedish crackers and a huge pan of baked beans with salt pork and molasses. She baked vinegar pies and dried apple pies and filled a big jar with cookies. And she let Laura and Mary lick the cake spoon. That was Christmas. Lori Ingalls was delighted to find a shiny new tin cup, a peppermint candy. I'm sure you're all remembering this episode, right? A heart-shaped cake and a brand new penny uh, in her stocking. And in those days, those small four gifts were a wealth of gifts to a young girl. They would decorate very modestly their homes, but they would find any natural materials that they could, evergreens, pine cones, hollies, nuts, and berries, and there might even be a Christmas tree with some ribbon on it and some yarn and some popcorn and some homemade decorations, of course, and dolls made of uh, straw or yarn and cookie dough ornaments and gingerbread men were also popular. And wood was too, uh, you know, they didn't want to waste it on a tree, but um, but uh, they they definitely made room for Christmas and they definitely celebrated Christmas. It just looked a lot more modest and maybe a little bit more like Christ, maybe a little bit more... <laughs> Maybe I would say spiritual in some sense of the word because it was so modest, but it was what they could celebrate then and what they were all about then. And it was really paying homage to Christ, which is pretty amazing because it is Christmas. I love that. I will be right back with, uh, I'll be right back with uh, Daryl Eves of The Chosen. Don't go anywhere. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. So happy to talk about Christ today and put Christ back into Christmas. I'll be right back. Stay with me. 